0: Hello everybody, Joe and Tyler here again with another, ep- with another episode from the Venti Ice Queers podcast. And we'll be kneading our coffee ice today for where we'll be going when we die.
1: Oh yes, definitely.
0: Because today's episode is about everybody's favorite subject. Religion. religion. Or in our case, a lack thereof. So I don't know about you, Tyler, but when I was a kid, I thought... How am I going to be guaranteed a spot in hell? Oh, yes. How will I know when I get to the pearly gates that I'll just be casted off and thrown in a lake of fire? You know. So, I became gay.
1: Yeah, like, I honestly had a bucket list and checked off every single thing until I got to hell.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I thought, all right, good start, but how am I going to double down and really make sure I get there? Yeah. So, then I became atheist. Mm -hmm. Today, a gay theist. Same here. Right. Preach. And what a great time to be atheist, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Honestly.
0: All these churches are continuing to gather together in massive groups and infecting the planet with coronavirus. <laughs> but when you're atheist, you just spend half your life on the internet alone anyway, arguing honestly. with strangers. Yeah. So either stay home and do your prayer thing or just be atheist until the virus is cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. So... So why are we making this episode today? Well, before we start, I would like to say that I'm not proud to be atheist. No. You know, I'm not expecting a Congressional Medal of Honor in the mail anytime soon.
1: No, I'm not, like, wearing atheist merch and just, like, preaching it, like, getting attached to this as atheist. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I
0: I think it's silly to be proud to be atheist because it's like, I don't know, it's like... Oh, I hate golfing. I don't like golfing. And I find someone else that also hates golfing. And we're going to get together and talk about how much we don't like golfing and we don't do it. I think that's why I think it's silly for to be proud to be atheist and come together with other atheists and create these communities. I see the place for it in certain parts of the world. I just, for me... It seems a bit silly.
1: Yeah, it's like that annoying vegan that tells you that they're vegan, and it's like, I know, and I don't care.
0: Yeah, at this point in my life, I would say it's just a quote-unquote label that best describes my beliefs in the existence of a higher power. Exactly. But I do feel like there are a lot of misconceptions about atheists from their religious community that Mm -hmm. I would like to shed light on and maybe explain some of the nuances to the process of why somebody may become a non-believer which then brings me to the story of tyler now i know your beliefs yeah and background for the most part yeah but we never really dive that deep into why we believe the way we do or how that ever came to be right yeah So I do have some curious questions for you that I would like some answers to. All right. I'm
1: an open
0: book. Would you be obliged to do so? (laughs) Right. So first off, growing up in a religious household, what was that experience like for you? Did you ever believe what they believed at any point in time or what?
1: So definitely... At the beginning of my remembering of going to church and saying Grace at dinner, I did not know what it was at first. I was just kind of, like, singing this little tune before I ate dinner. But definitely a specific moment where I knew that I was not getting something was when I went to church one day. And it was a new church. And we're all sitting in the auditorium. Like, I forget what it's called, but you're sitting there. And then people were sitting down, and we were just kind of getting ready for the people to start talking. And this was kind of like a casual church. Like, people could wear, like, blue jeans, and it was a band that would, like, kind of talk to you about what was going on. And so... They started playing the song Our God is an Awesome God. I don't know if you know that song.
0: Classic. Yeah. It's already in it's my a head right now. Very
1: cringe worthy song. But anyway, so that song started playing. And everyone was getting super excited, standing up, and like people were starting to cry. People were like mm-hmm. shaking. People were like, oh my God, it's my favorite song. And they started standing up and they started like bringing under their arms in the air. And I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, what is going on? I have.
0: So I totally. I'm having flashbacks <laughs> right now because my church, when I was growing up, we had this rap group that would come by like every other Sunday or something oh, like that. I, oh, okay. And okay. they would wear their hats backwards and uh, sag their like urban. Yeah, and they would get in there and they'd be like, <laughs> J to the E to the S U S. And God. we would all have oh, to jump up and. You know, I, I've always loved hip hop since I was a kid and this made me, I was in the back just like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're destroying the other love of my life right now. Um, <laughs> it makes
1: Tupac's death look like a suicide. Yeah. he was like, oh, I, uh,
0: no, I, I, that saw shit and boom, did it myself. So all Tupac conspiracies are cleared up now. Yeah. We solved it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Continue.
1: So like, why were these people all crying? Why were they standing up? And they were just like so touched by what they were feeling. And I was sitting there like, okay, I'm not, I don't understand something. And then even like in the after classes when you would go like sit with the kids and like the teachers would like talk to you about like yada yada yada, God yada 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 yada, and I just, I everyone was like getting it. They were like. Oh, yeah, and it makes sense to me while well, I was sitting there in class, like, am I in the wrong class? Like, am I not getting something? Like, am I just... Did I miss a grade here or
0: Yeah, I mean, <sighs> I wonder, is there, like, a... <sighs> Is there like a special ed class in Sunday school for kids oh who don't my get God. it? Like, <laughs> like can you get held back?
1: Do they have
0: those? I I don't know. You know
1: that? Okay, that might be really like offensive. I don't like. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Little
0: Jimmy here uh, doesn't understand Deuteronomy, but the other <laughs> kids do. Uh, so what should we do about this? Oh my and then God. they get put in the special class. Do they have their own bus? Like,
1: you know? Is that, I wonder. For well, the kid,
0: for like. Kids with a natural sense of skepticism are like, oh, I don't get this story. Do they just think they're dumb? Oh, my God. I, I like,
1: I just, I just wasn't getting some things, so I never experienced what others were experiencing.
0: Right. I feel you. I feel you. Alrighty, So, next question. When it came to prayer, did you ever feel or see the effectiveness or point of prayer in your life growing up?
1: So, when I first remember saying prayer before eating dinner, I didn't really know what I was saying. Like, in the beginning, I explained that I thought I was just singing this, like, little tune before I started eating, but then, once I got older, and I kind of, like, paid attention to the words, I, like, knew what, I kind of figured out what I was saying, but then it made me question of, like, why am I blessing the food? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I... Doing this, and I even remember asking my aunt, like, saying, Hey, what happens if we don't say grace before we eat something? And she was like, Oh, if you don't say grace, the food will hurt when it went down. Jesus, and I know she was kidding, and we had a good laugh about it, but I just thought, Wow, is it really that serious? And there are even times where. We forgot to say grace and like mom would make us say grace over like empty plates and I thought that was really, Mm -hmm. really weird and I just I didn't see like what was the big deal of it and I didn't really understand why we did it in the first place. And then it made me think to think that, oh, am I supposed to say grace like after every meal? Like after every like snack, like Mm -hmm. like even like like a glass of water am I supposed to say grace after like like before I drink a glass of water like I did not understand that at all like okay now it's holy water but what if I drink holy water like it's like it's just a lot of things I didn't understand about any yeah. of that stuff
0: so religious people they would say well you know prayer has helped me through life it's helped me through some dark times yeah. Yeah, it's helped course. me pull me out of these situations yeah, that use so it for, comfort, yeah. for people who don't believe in it What would you turn to instead of prayer to push you through those dark times that you may have with relationships or death in the family or whatever the case may be?
1: So when it came to those kind of things, I just kind of like, I was a very mature kid growing up. I grew up pretty fast. I had to raise my brothers, but I kind of had that voice in my mind is like, oh, it'll all work itself out, like, when I was scared, like, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna focus on the things that make me happy, like, my mom, or kids' movies that make me happy, like, I would kind of use that mental way of thinking to get myself out of those situations, like, but when there was, like, a death in the family, of course I respected people's beliefs and, like, like, what they were going through, but... Like, death for me is, is is also another weird, like, topic for me. It's, like, a whole other story. But I just remember to be like, you know, this is life. It's the way it is. And th- that's just what happens. And you, I would just think to myself that,
0: yeah. You cold, heartless atheist. I know. I <laughs> No.
1: It's just, like, a, a thing with me. I'm not, like, um, like I don't... Like say, oh, they're dead. Oh well. I'm like, of course it's sad, but I don't think that they're like gonna go to heaven, and I'm gonna see them again one day. You know?
0: Right. I feel you.
1: Because I just didn't believe in any of that stuff.
0: So I I took you off track. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Continue.
1: Okay. So, holy water. Yes. So, holy water. Like, I did not understand holy water. So, like, again, with the prayer, like, I didn't understand, like, why we did that. But when it came to holy water... So, when you think of holy water, when I was taught about it, I thought it was, like, this, like, magical water that was in this goblet that just people had in, like, temples. And I thought that's what holy water was. Like, water that was already at that, like, sacred place, like a church or something. Like, that's what I thought holy water was. But then it was the situation where my stepmom, a really religious woman, she was, she had a plastic spray bottle from like dollar store and she was like spraying the house with water and was a little confused. I asked my dad like, oh, what is she doing? And he goes, oh, she's spraying the house with holy water. And I thought it was really weird. I was like, but it's just water from like the faucet. Like yeah. I didn't understand like how all of a sudden it was like magic water coming out of the faucet. Yeah,
0: th- I mean that was something I didn't get to cuz I noticed these big popular store brands of different products that were yes. considered holy, yes. you know. Like I so I went to a Catholic church for a while and I remember the priests breaking out this package of crackers to put on a plate to pass around and said it was the body of Christ. And I saw him back there open, like, a box of Ritz crackers. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah,
0: and so I remember thinking, like, okay, so (laughs) Ritz, are they mass-producing the body of Christ to put on store shelves everywhere? Or is it only holy when it enters a church and now it's the body of Christ, but when they got it at Target, it was just a box of crackers? Exactly, like (laughs)
1: Exactly like when I saw um people. Like, when I saw, like, whenever, pla- you know, like the body of Christ and they passed pass up to those, like, trays of bread, I thought, I saw over there, like, oh, that's Wonder Bread. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, oh, that's really weird. I thought it was, like, bread that they, like, made at the church or something. Yeah. Like, I was just this naive kid and thought, like, the, like, everything was, like, magical there. Yeah.
0: For some reason, I thought there was, like, this holy spring that they had access to. Yeah. That they, uh. Exactly. Got the water from, and that's why it's, it's so holy. It's so but holy
1: water. When, <laughs> really,
0: they went to Costco, they picked up some Aquafina, and they huh. brought it back. Exactly. And now it's holy because exactly. it's in Exactly.
1: And I, that was the thing that I didn't understand about it. I didn't understand that how water from a faucet can just be, like, just become holy water if you pray hard enough. And also, my stepmom, she'd do this other thing where she would hide eggs around the house. And now, but wait, so she would hide eggs around the house, and they would have initials on them, like letters. And she would hide them in, like, little weird parts of the house, like, in drawers, like, behind the couch, like, just weird spots. And I remember being like, well, what the fuck is this? Like, why is there just a random egg on the floor? And my and my brother was like, oh, don't touch those. Those are blessed. And I was like, but it's an egg egg like mm. why is it there like it's like but like but what if the, the dog gets it like what if like it falls or what if like the kids like find it and then they like play with it like, like but, but what's gonna happen okay. you know like I, I don't understand why that was a thing and I just like okay there's something I'm not getting Yeah, there's obviously something that I don't know or feel that other people are feeling so I think that was kind of like one of the points where I was like okay I think I know where my path is from here
0: so, growing up, you never bought into it? No. Like, you never felt it? You never...
1: I felt like the th- the times where I have felt it were, like, times where I was pretending just to feel like I was feeling something, but overall, I didn't feel, like, a presence or a safety, comfort blanket. Like, I didn't feel like that was ever a thing with me. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It just... I never felt that way. Like, I remember even, like, when my mom, like, she goes, like, she's also, like, very, like pretty religious, but when I would tell her, like, oh, mom, I had a bad dream, like, I don't really, um, like, I just, I can't, like, sleep at night sometimes. She goes, oh, well, you just have to pray, Tyler, you have to pray, and I was like, um, but that, that's not going to do anything for me. And she goes, but do you mean, like, I, I don't believe in any of that stuff, and I was kind of, like, a, an awakening of, like, oh... I see now I see yeah so like (laughs) so Joe I already know your story but to our listeners out there would you care to enlighten them me yes
0: Oh, my favorite subject. It's I thought we'd never get there. About,
1: you love talking about I've religion. Been, I
0: love you, but I've been at the end of my chair waiting <laughs> to talk about myself. Oh, my gosh! Yeah.
1: So, just so you guys know, he loves talking about religion. Oh, uh, like all day, It's, like, the biggest topic ever. Like, <laughs> I could be laying in bed, and he'll just be, like, going on rants about, like, like...
0: Hey, Tyler, did you hear about what happened in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. It's
1: like, okay, that's great. Okay.
0: Right. So, our stories are a little different. For me, I consider... So for me, the atheist process of me coming to non-belief or becoming a non-believer, it was a process. And I break it down into like three major steps in my life Mm -hmm. of how I got to that point. Because I did consider myself a devout Christian. Yeah. For...
1: I know you told me that like you were in all that stuff.
0: Yeah. uh, My childhood, my upbringing, I... I went to youth group i went to church camp i did the bible circles i did uh we've sang hallelujah around campfires things (laughs) like that i wasn't like a bible thumper but i i consider myself a devout christian just like anybody else but the first major part of my life that i remember where i had this sense of doubt yeah or like a major question was when i was when i realized that i was gay how to reconcile that with my faith. like Because I knew the things I heard in the news and in the media about how God feels about gay people and all the protests about gay marriage, I knew there was an issue about it. And there are certain passages that definitely don't say nice things about gay people. So that was the first time I wanted to seek some serious answers to the question of how does God feel about gay people? Yeah. So the first person I talked to was at church camp. And there was this pastor there who, uh, he was one of those early 2000s pastors that was Uh, like too cool for school. He had the frosted tips and the Uh, tattoos and he looked like Limp Biscuit, like
1: uh, Um, Fred Durst, whatever.
0: Sounds sounds like a nice guy. Yeah. He was a cool guy. So I went to him about it. I, uh, we kind of went to the side away from everybody, and I said, Hey, so I have this serious question for you about God and gay people. And basically, what I asked him was, How, why does God feel this way about gay people when I feel like, you know, it's something that you're just born with? Yeah. That I, you know, someone doesn't choose to be gay, this is how they are, yet God is punishing them for that. So, how fair is that? Or like, they get, they have to go to hell because of who they are. And he basically gave me this kind of him-ha answer I've where he said, that. Well, yeah, man, I mean, uh, there are some things that say it's bad, but <laughs> I really just think Jesus loves everybody, man. And uh, I... I really believe that. God loves everybody. I don't think he hates gay people. So he gave me that general answer, and it didn't feel like enough to me. No, He had good intentions. Because, like, there
1: were things written and said elsewhere. Yeah,
0: he had good intentions, but I was like, all right, this guy is not the one to go to answers to. So I went to my stepmom. And my stepmom is a very—she knows the Bible in and out, left and right, the history— everything behind it she can recite passages off the top of her head like it's nothing so i talked to her about it i basically asked the same thing and she told me that you know there's a lot of scriptures that could be interpreted as this or that but there was one in particular to her that stood out as to why she believes god is against homosexuality yeah and uh it was it was something like um it was in corinthians but it was something like don't be deceived uh the sexually immoral adulterers homosexuals etc uh will not inherit the kingdom of god it was something like that okay and so she explained that to me and she said that's why she feels confident that god but it wasn't really about you being gay it was about the choices that you make so And that was a more clear answer, but it still didn't, like, why is God, why doesn't he like this? Yeah. I'm not harming anybody. I'm comfortable with who I am.
1: Yeah.
0: Why? I never felt like... I had to appease God by becoming straight or anything like that. Yeah.
1: yeah, like, same here. I didn't feel like I was judged or anything. Yeah,
0: I, I felt I felt comfortable in my own skin, and I wasn't harming other people by being gay. So I didn't see what the hell... Why God had a, a big problem with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So that happened. But still, from there, I consider myself Christian. I still believe in God. But this was a major point where... This became a major question in my head as to, you know, what the hell is God's problem with this? Yeah. And, yeah, so moving on, the next step in my process was questioning religion. Like, I eventually got to the point where maybe religion is the problem. Yeah. Because religion created these scriptures and doctrines made by man, as far as judgments upon other people, maybe that's the problem. And I remember one thing in particular that stood out to me. Vacation Bible School. We were putting together these care packages for kids in Uganda, kids and families. Uh, We would put treats and clothing and food in these packages to send over there. And I remember seeing these pamphlets that we would have to put in each package oh
1: are they like um like conversion pamphlets
0: in a way it said like jesus loves you to learn more about jesus okay. go on this website etc etc and uh that really rubbed me the wrong way
1: yeah because it's like hey um we're giving you all these things, but it'd be nice if you would believed in what I believed in.
0: Yeah, I I remember thinking, why do we have to convert others? Why do we have to convert others to do good in the world? Yeah. Why can't we just send the package because it's the the right thing to do? <laughs> why do we have to put these in there to convert them over to our or at least uh, attempt to? Yeah. In order to do any good for them, I thought that was kind of rude.
1: Yeah, it does sound like hey. Sorry,
0: you know, and that got me to thinking about other countries around the world, other cultures that grow up in a different time where they have their own religion, they have their own culture, they have their own upbringing, whether it's Islam, whether it's Buddhism, uh, Judaism, whatever the case may be. So in Christianity, you have to believe in Jesus in order to make it to heaven or else you don't make it to heaven. Yeah and that that's pretty much how it is but what about all these other people around the world who may be good people but happen to be brought up in a different culture in a different country where buddhism is the predominant religion yeah like so they're doomed to hell based on the christian doctrine because of their geographical have their geographical happenstance you know and even if they came across Christianity and Jesus. Why should they turn their beliefs? Why should they believe that? You know, why should they go against what they were brought up to believe?
1: Yeah, it it, it it's not fair. It doesn't sound fair.
0: Yeah, and so that was another big question I had in my head that I started to bring up in uh, Bible circles and Youth group and gatherings, things like that.
1: Did people like give you clear answers at all about like why that was? No,
0: they gave me the same bullshit answers that the pastor at the church camp gave me. <sighs> God loves everybody, man. John three sixteen. They were throwing all the same cliche verses at me about how God and Jesus loves everybody and.
1: But what, what about their God though? Uh,
0: yeah, it, it do, They don't. They were afraid to answer specifically. They yeah. would always revert back to these. Sunday school-type answers where Jesus loves everybody. And I just I noticed a pattern over time. Every time I had serious questions about the Bible or Christianity or God, I got the same answers as far as, Oh, Jesus, man. Oh, Jesus loves you. And then the same, the same verses that say Jesus and God loves the world... And then ignore everything else in the Bible about genocide and killing off half the world and fire and brimstone and how women are unequal to men. They would ignore that altogether and just revert back to the the joyful, happy times in the Bible. So considering you know, this. Yeah. So considering this, it eventually led me to believe that religion is just a man-made construct with stories that may hold metaphorical importance to people but may not be literally true and are open to interpretation. Yeah. So that was the second point in my life where I had a major question. So from there, I was no longer Christian. Okay. I was no longer religious. I thought religion was... But I still believe in God. Okay. Yeah. I still... So I was a quote-unquote deist at this point.
1: So you kind of still believe that there was still something that was controlling everything, but, like, the whole story of the Bible just was bullshit.
0: Right. And um, because of these two major questions that I still had in my head. Yeah. One, how did we get here? And two, what if I'm wrong and I die tomorrow? Yeah. Like, am I going to go to hell because I don't believe in any God whatsoever? I better just... Believe and hope that if I get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow that (sighs) I make it to the right place So these two questions started hanging around my head now as far as the how do we get here? you know, I had to realize that My view of the world was constructed through the lens of a Christian upbringing with very little education or emphasis on Well-established scientific theories that I was never taught as a child In fact, I remember when I was a kid, one of the youth group teachers taught us that evolution was wrong, because of the the intricate design and complex complexity of the world. You know, the the random chance of atoms coming together to create things was just too really yeah was just too out of the realm of possibility. And there's obviously a creator that's here. I didn't know that put this all together. Church. Yeah, my Sunday school or whatever. Um, I don't know if it's like a curriculum. It it seems like...
1: I don't know. That sounds really weird.
0: Yeah, but literally, I was never given any formal education on evolution. That was the only time I was ever quote-unquote taught about it. Really? Yeah, not in regular school, not in church, not by parents, nobody.
1: You know, that's very interesting because in high school, I did a project on Darwinism. Mm-hmm. And I remember that it was a subject that that we weren't necessarily taught about, but it was a subject that the teacher had us make projects about and I remember it was the only project left, like one of the only projects left, and I had to choose one, and' so I chose that one and me in this one kid we like be like, "This is a big project, we put a board up and everything during like the project fair but funny thing, no one came up to me during the project fair, hmm. Like, no one wanted to hear my presentation. I think they just saw Darwinism and they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that because I don't believe in that. And there was even one person in particular that came up, looked interested, and I asked, oh, do you want me to show you my presentation? And they're like, oh, no, I'm a be- I am don't believe in that. I'm a Christian. Hmm. Like, okay, well...
0: You don't believe in science? Fuck me, then. <laughs> I guess I yeah. did
1: all this work for no fucking reason.
0: Yeah, that... That's so weird. The public education—that's a whole other subject. Yeah, that, right, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm gonna—it's gonna rack my head <laughs> throughout time. But I remember she would, t- she would explain it by telling us she would say words that went over our dumb little kid heads, and I remember sitting there thinking, well, she's the grown up, so she knows better. Yeah,
1: because kids are naive; they don't know any better.
0: She's throwing out these words that are going over our heads. She must understand them. And so, okay, yeah, uh, evolution's wrong, you know. And uh, I think even then I didn't, I never seriously was against evolution. It was just in my head that it was wrong and that God created the world.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. But so it wasn't until later when um, I had to do my own independent research on evolution. Okay. I hardly even knew the basics. Wow. And by all, like... Evolutionary biology, Big Bang theory, astrophysics, things like that, when I started to do my own independent research on it, I came to find out that it explained so much more about the world around me than the Bible ever could. Really? Yeah. Like, the the answers to why viruses and diseases spread and um, how things come to be just became a lot more clear once I started to research evolution. Because it relates to so many other things other than just humans evolving, and uh, I remember just being so fascinated by that, whereas with the Bible, I believed in it, I went through life thinking this is the Word of God, but it always felt like a chore, and it always felt like I was giving I was given these answers that were open to interpretation. By biased adults that would regurgitate the information in a way that they saw fit to a younger person And I had to realize that in order to fully embrace the ideas of science And evolution and once I did You know it just explained so much more of the, the world than the bible ever did So at this point I was like okay all right this is a much better explanation for why we're here where it doesn't explain everything science never will explain everything and it never claims to but they're at least actively trying to find an answer with evidence instead of thousands of years old book with words yeah on it, you know
1: yeah and i remember my dad like he was one of the first people that ever like told me that he was an atheist and that's kind of how we figured out like what that was and he even said that it's because he believes more about like scientists say and like evolution and darwinism and that's what he believes in and that's just what makes sense to him and that's why he chose to be an atheist
0: right so he he gave you the idea of being atheist yeah
1: like when i was still like trying to figure out like what religion was and like why i wasn't getting something like he was one of the first people that told me like what atheism was and i thought like wait you can do that like i I thought you had to believe in something because if you didn't like what would something bad happen you know like i thought like, when you're a kid, that that's what you think. Right. And so I just thought, like, oh, well, you gave me that idea. And I kind of cut that in my mind, like, all the time until I realized that, okay, I, yeah. I'm i an atheist.
0: Yeah. Well, like, for me, I never realized it was an option. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought you had to believe in something. Yeah, same For here. the longest yeah. time. And, um, but, so, how we came to be, that question... Resolved itself a science and my understanding of it the next big question. What happens when we die, you know, and If I die tomorrow get hit by a bus Where am I going? Yeah, I definitely don't want to go to hell So I might as well just double down on this chance and you know if I'm wrong nothing happens anyway and if I'm right then I go to heaven, you know um, but Then I came across something on the internet. Good old internet. (laughs) I want to say it was by Christopher Hitchens, who was a big... He was a really great writer, um, philosopher, author. I believe it was him, but he said something along the lines of, if the only reason you believe in something is because of the consequences, if you don't, that's a terrible reason to believe in anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right,
0: and I remember thinking... Well, that answered that question, <laughs> you know, because if I, if I aim a gun at your head and I say, believe in me, yeah. that's the only good reason to believe in me is because I have a gun to your head.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, if I, if I say, believe in me or I'm aim a gun at your head and shoot you 80 years from now, that's still not a good reason.
1: No, it's not.
0: Um, uh, literally, the only reason you're doing it is because you're worried. If you don't, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. And I, I realized that was that was my idea of God and religion and and everything was just this. Oh, well, well, what happens? Fear. Yeah, yeah. And so that got alleviated over time, and eventually, I just came to the point where, okay, all right, let's cut the bullshit. I'm atheist. I don't right. need to pray anymore. I don't need to, you know, that's that, you know.
1: So what was it like for you when you stopped, like, doing all that stuff? Like, was it weird at first?
0: Yeah, well, um, the prayer thing in particular, I had to wean myself off that okay. over time. I used to pray before bedtime, before dinner. uh, Whenever a scary situation would happen or was about to happen, I would pray to and it would make me feel more brave. It would make me feel like God was on my side and I could take this on. Yeah. So as I was embracing new ideas and questioning the Bible, I I happened to notice that I started praying a little less over time, mm-hmm. uh kind of accidentally. Like uh, like this night I just forgot to pray and I'm like oh okay, well I'll just do it the next night. You know, and then uh one night turned into two nights and
1: So on and so forth. And then
0: I remember thinking, oh, well, what if I just don't do it?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, what would happen? So I made the conscious decision, all right, I'm just going to stop praying. And I was like, I knew nothing terrible would happen. There's still that thing in the back of my head. All right, what if a lightning strikes tomorrow? Because I decided (laughs) to stop praying. You know, all these like irrational things. But I noticed that the same exact things happened to me in life. Yeah. Like, good things would happen, bad things would happen, the same as when I prayed. And I realized it was Look just a, <laughs> yeah, I realized it was just a form of self-meditation. Yeah, You could do that with anything. You could, quote-unquote, talk to God. You could um, just reflect on life. It, it's a form of meditation that makes you feel better about taking on certain things. And so that's what I come to realize what that was. You know, and still to the, today I do yoga and I... Um, Meditate. Yeah, and I'm not like a crazy no. yo- yogi person or no. whatever, <laughs> but it does it helps you clear your mind. It helps uh, it with stress, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so I was atheist at this point, but there's one more part to it that I feel like best explains my position in life today mm-hmm. and why I believe the way I believe, and uh, and it it was this moment. So when I became atheist, it was during my teenage years when I was this frustrated angry rebellious teenager mad at the world so what happened was i became that stereotypical asshole atheist that would argue on blogs and on facebook and uh, to my friends and family anytime there was a chance for a religious discussion and for me to argue about it I was smarter than everybody. I had all these quick little points. I was looking up the debates and seeing what the counterpoints were to these points and the evidence to this to support this claim. I actually invested time in proving religious people wrong because I thought I was so cool and smart.
1: Was it because you're kind of mad that you were like kind of lied to in a way?
0: I Reflecting back now, I can say that That was me projecting my insecurity of like, oh my God, like this is what I grew up to believe and it's all wrong. And I projected that on other people. But anyway, the, so I had a, I had a friend and when I say friend, she was absolutely my best friend. She was like extended family. She was, we talked, we texted, called, did everything together every day. And randomly, at one point in time, she stopped talking to me, just out of nowhere. And it, it drove me crazy. I I didn't know what I did or what was going on. But then a few days later, I realized that a family member of hers passed away, uh, her grandpa, who she was really close to. So I thought, okay, she just needs her space. She just needs to, you know, do her own thing, yeah. disconnect from reality and just heal the way she needs to heal. But then I saw that I was unfriended on Facebook and she was going out with her friends and partying and doing all this other stuff without me. And it drove me crazy. I was like, what the hell did I do? And I would see her in the halls at school and she would turn the other way when I saw her. And uh, it was like six months went by where I didn't hear a word from her when we used to talk every day. It was, like, around six months.
1: That must be hard for, like, a teenager when you have a best friend, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: But then the day came, and she said... This is paraphrasing, of course. But she said, Okay, Joe, I only owe it to you to say why I've been so distant since we've been so close of friends. My grandpa passed away, and it was honestly a traumatic experience for me. And I believe in God... And I needed my faith in God to push me through that time. Having you around was a toxic presence that made the healing process a whole lot worse and brought more negativity in my life that I didn't need. Wow. Yeah. And so there are two ways to go about that. One, oh, fuck that bitch, you know. And there's two that I went to where I said, Wow. Yeah. Okay, Joe, is atheism really that important to you? Is not believing in a God, is that the utmost importance to everything in life? Do I need to be that guy? So much to the point where a friend who is in time of need is not going to go to you because they feel like they're going to be judged over their beliefs in God. And she wasn't a religious nut job. She wasn't anything like that. She just happened to believe in a God and she needed that to push through that time. And so, when that moment happened, I let that sit, I really let that sink in, to the point today where I just say that atheism is the best way to describe my belief in a higher power. I don't have enough evidence to believe that there is one there, but I'm done arguing with people.
1: Yeah, you don't have to preach it.
0: Yeah, like, if somebody wants an argument, I I got it. (laughs) You know, If you want it, I'll bring it, but purposely going after people, I realized how much different is that from, you know, crazy Mormons or Jehovah's Witness going to your door and preaching their shit at you, or
1: yeah.
0: you know, ha- how much I'm becoming kind of like them, where I'm enforcing my lack of beliefs onto you and why mm-hmm. you should be that way. Yeah. And I realized I was just an insecure asshole teenager that needed a reality check. And so... And
1: you got one.
0: Right. <laughs> And so that today that kind of best explains my beliefs today or lack of. Right. Was that all? Yeah. Okay, well that concludes today's episode <laughs> of Venti Ice Queers. We hope that brought some perspective on the process of becoming non-believer. Maybe it didn't, I don't know. We'll leave that up to you to decide. (laughs) Either way, I hope this inspired you to stay the fuck home
1: and look forward to more
0: episodes and quit infecting everybody, damn it. Tyler, is
1: there
0: there anything you would like to add?
1: Just stay home, wash your hands, do the social distancing thing. And I know it's hard, but we just got to push through this. And if you want people to stop spreading the virus, then how about you yourself, Stay home.
0: Yes. If there is nothing else you took away from this podcast, take away, stay home, wash your goddamn
1: hands,
0: (laughs) and practice social distancing. Exactly. Thank you. Bye.
1: Okay, so, holy water. Yes. So, holy water. Like, I did not understand...